This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm your host, Ben Kurkowski, and the Packers were able to get the win at Chicago on Sunday, which is probably the most conflicted I've ever been watching a Packers game at this point ever from what I wanted to happen and then being excited when the Packers were playing well and the fact that they won this game. It was just very weird to be cheering for the Packers in this instance, knowing how unlikely it is the Packers can make the playoffs at this point. But they did win this game, and that gave the Packers the most regular season wins in NFL history, which has been held by Chicago throughout the life cycle of the NFL, which is incredible that they did that on Sunday. And it's a cool part of the legacy of the Packers, um, and especially Aaron Rodgers getting his like eighth win in a row now against the Bears, which is just insane. Uh, and he does continue to play well against them <laughs> constantly. And honestly, though, looking back at this game, when the fourth quarter happened, it was like, whoa, are the Packers about to lose this game right now against the Bears, which are a very, very beat up football team right now? Like we're talking a defense that has n- almost no star players on offense except Justin Fields and then def- defensively you're talking about a team that is has three to four starters out with injury for the whole year and then they traded two of their other other starters away and they're starting several undrafted free agents and just just not good football players and we were losing this game by nine points at the start of the fourth quarter the Packers really had to make a serious comeback at the end of this game to win and it was actually pretty incredible it really all started at the half the Packers were down 16 to three and on fourth and four the Packers went for it near the goal line of Chicago and Christian Watson caught the touchdown to make it 16 to 10 at right before halftime and that's a really hard hard call to make and honestly from four yards away it may not even have been the right call percentage wise but um it was a big play big play call Rodgers Watson came through Matt LaFleur obviously made the right call and it was huge because that made it a six-point game going into halftime just down not even one score and yet or it would have been 16 to 6 at half and that might have made things a lot different here in the second half uh so Matt LaFleur made a big call and they got the touchdown and it really was the Christian Watson story again for this whole game offensively because he had the touchdown right before the half. Uh, The touchdown the Packers scored at the start of the fourth quarter happened because of a 38-yard defensive pass interference that Watson drew. That was the longest play of the game offensively for the Packers um, before his final touchdown. But that 38-yard pass interference call led to the 21-yard A.J. Dillon run to make it 17-19. And then to finish out the game, we were winning 20-19. Christian Watson turned on the Jets on the jet sweep to whip around the edge and run it in from 46 yards out. And he just turned on the burners, totally outran the defense. And he had two of the biggest plays of the game for the Packers. 
Christian Watson is such a difference maker for this offense. He is now the first NFL rookie to score eight touchdowns in a four-game span since Randy Moss did it for the Vikings in 1998, and that is insane company to be in. And then you have your solid Al Lazard, who I think they said in this game, he caught, he's caught in 35 of 43 catches this year, four first downs. He's just consistent number two, number three type of receiver who is as steady as it comes for and a great relationship uh, built with Aaron Rodgers. Randall Cobb, he's that useful slot ride receiver. He was a little off in this game, but um, again, a very complimentary player. Great punt returner as well. We saw him have a 15-yard return in this game. And then, gosh, if Romeo Dobbs could hit his potential, wow, this receiving core could actually be something. I would love uh, a dominant number one wide receiver and a tight end that actually helped our offense, which we'll only have had twice in Rodgers' career with Robert Tunyon in 2020 and Jermichael Finley. But if we had just those four receivers I just mentioned, still only had Robert Tunyon, and then we had this one-two punch at running back, a healthy, solid to good offensive line. This offense could be dangerous, actually, especially if Aaron Rodgers can get healthy. Yes, we we don't want to overreact. This was the Bears defense, like we talked about. They're four starters out, two starters traded. Um, uh, we don't want to overreact too much, uh, but this is a three-game sample size now where the Packers have scored 30-plus points twice and 28 another time. And uh, it's it, it, we're on a decent run at the current moment. Um, we The Packers truly will be tested offensively in two weeks against a, a solid Rams defense. They're not playing as well as they have, but they, they definitely have some stars at all levels, levels of their defense, um, even if the Rams offense is quite putrid right now. Still, like I said prior to this game, I wanted to see the Packers score 30-plus points. The Packers offense struggled early on in this game they didn't even have any turnovers and they well they had turnovers on downs but they didn't intercept no fumbles nothing weird like that and they only had scored 10 points going into the fourth quarter against one of the worst defenses in the nfl and that says a lot that might be the fact that Rodgers is still playing slightly injured but this offense should be humming against a defense like this big time we saw the lions on sunday score 40 against the jaguars defense why can't the packers score 30 against the bears defense that's just okay and i think they're there's got to be some big questions on the table about what they're doing offensively, whether it's, I don't think, yes, Aaron Rodgers does probably have to take some blame for sure. He is injured. How good can he play injured? I don't know, but they have him out there. So that's difficult to say, but also just play calling, play design, scheme. What are they doing? Adam Senovich, to me, is a great offensive line coach, um, a pretty darn good run game coordinator. Is he what the Packers, this Packers team offensively needs when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, when it comes to this passing attack? I'm not quite sure. Um, it is a, it's been a huge loss to lose Nathaniel Hackett over to Denver. Um, I really kind of hope that Denver would fire him uh, with new management in there, new ownership, I mean, and we could get him back in the building. I think that would be great for this Packers offense, but we'll see. Uh, and then defensively in this game, what the, what the heck happened in the first half of this game? Like, I know we won. It's exciting. We should be happy. But 
the Packers really got pretty lucky in these games. The Bears' offense was dominating our defense in the first half. First drive, 11 plays, field goal. Yeah, they got stopped for a field goal, but it was 11-play drive. Second drive was the huge Justin Fields rushing touchdown where our defense couldn't make the tackle, let another rushing QB destroy our defense. And we even had Devondre Campbell back for this game. Then on the third drive, the Bears had already picked up 35 yards on that drive before they fumbled it, which is pretty lucky play for the Packers. Then on the next drive, Jair gets beat deep by Equinemi St. Brown to set up another touchdown. Jair got burned twice in this game. The only reason he got the interception late in the game was EQ ran the wrong route on the final drive of that game. Jair is not playing well. Um, I don't think, I think he's been really cocky lately and not really backing it up. He's taking a lot of big, uh, chances uh, similar to Cowboys cornerback uh, last year who ended up leading the NFL in interceptions but everyone's like is he actually good is he not good because he gives it gives up huge plays but then has these interceptions and that kind of sees what kind of seems like what Jair is trying to do right now in this kind of like I just want to like have the big plays and that's it and it's kind of frustrating to watch because I know he can be better but he just doesn't seem zoned in really um, and so that's kind of frustrating. But anyways, the Bears probably should have scored on all four of their first half drives. They had a fifth drive, but it was like, but it was with like seconds left and they need the ball to go to halftime. So that doesn't count. So that's just not okay. This Bears team honestly seemed like they purposely threw this game after such a strong first half. Why didn't they keep running the ball with Justin Fields in the second half? Why didn't they use him as a threat? And if they had, they probably could have had more continued success and probably wouldn't have had so many scoreless drives in the second half. Not to mention the Bears missed both a field goal and an extra point in this game, which makes that last drive a lot more interesting if the score is 27-23 instead of 28-19. That makes the Bears probably not feel so rushed to try to score all in one play and then end up throwing that interception. I don't know how much the Packers won this game as the Bears mostly really lost this game. This was their game to win and almost seemed like they cared more about the draft pick, which works out for them as they now still have the second overall pick in the draft in 2023. If the Packers had lost this game, they would, have, they would have had the fourth overall pick in the draft. Pretty crazy to imagine. I honestly thought they were going to lose this game. We were going to fire Joe Barry, Brian Gutekinds, and we're going to tank this season. We were so close. Had the Bears not collapsed in the second half of this game, okay? Like I said, they would have, the Packers would have right now, currently, the fourth overall pick in the game in the draft. Jordan Love would be starting the last four games of the year. Aaron Rodgers would sit down and get healthy. Guys like David Bakhtiari probably would sit down and get healthy. Um, any other major player, the Packers would not be rushing back. Maybe Romeo Dobbs would come back because just kind of get him some more reps as he's still a rookie. Um, but yeah, the, the Packers would have been able to... It would have been interesting to see how the rest of this year went and we were that close to kind of knowing how it would have. Um, and the Packers probably could have guaranteed a top five pick had they lost every game the rest of the year. Probably more like a top three pick had they lost every game the rest of the year. Definitely not number one, but um, yeah, it's 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 interesting to think about what could have happened. And if had that happened, how much how drastic of decisions the Packers would have made because like I said, I think Joe Barry doesn't deserve to be a defensive coordinator right now for the Packers. I don't think Adam Senevich deserves to be offensive coordinator for the Packers right now. I don't think Brian Gutekinds deserves to be general manager of the Packers right now. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later, but 
yeah, you're talking about a team that is very, very healthy. If you look at the Packers team, they're probably the healthiest team in the NFL. Yeah, we struggled with injuries early on missing players, but we aren't we have not missed players for like all of the season, which a lot of teams have to deal with. And we have not really had to deal with that. We lost Rashawn Gary, obviously, huge injury. We lost Eric Stokes, huge injury. But after that, if you really think about it, the Packers whole rest of their roster is pretty much healthy. And to me, that's both a coaching issue and a roster management issue, which comes back to your general manager, the guy who's at deciding who's on your roster, because that means, hey, you have the healthiest roster in the NFL and you're still not winning games. Why is that? That's a huge issue, okay? And it's because so many Packers players are playing way under expected, okay? They're not playing to their level, not playing to their potential whatsoever. And that's not okay. Offensively, I think pretty much everybody is playing to expectation now at this point, except maybe Robert Tunyon, maybe. But if you look at his PFF grades, it's pretty darn consistent throughout his career. He's just having another average, below average season. Uh, the Packers offense really just schemed him up amazingly well back in 2020. And then they forgot how to use the tight end, I guess, after that. I don't understand Packers offenses and the inability to use tight ends whatsoever. And then uh, Aaron Rodgers, that is a big one. Obviously, Aaron, quarterbacks are the most important part, but he's been injured. Uh, but defensively, Kenny Clark playing below expectation. Preston Smith, even though I know he was probably going to be pretty, maybe slightly above average this year, he's playing below expectation. Deron Reed, below expectation. Uh all of these guys, Devondre Campbell, below expectation. Quay Walker, below expectation. Uh, Russell Douglas, Jair Alexander, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, all playing below expectation. And that's both a coaching issue, but also it's it's like the coaches probably aren't using these guys to the best of their ability. They're not doing a good job preparing them. They're not having good enough uh, consistency in what they're telling them what to do because there's, there's people confused on the back end. There's uh, assignments are being missed constantly. Uh, th- those are coaching issues, but also like these guys should be better if they are your preferred starters. These are guys you have put lots of money into that you were betting on to play very well and they haven't and they haven't. And so had the Packers lost this game, I think such dramatic things would have happened. And I, and I wonder, I really wonder if a couple of years or a year from now today, after the 2023 season is over, if we can look back to this moment and be like, wow, we thought the Packers convinced themselves that, hey, everything's going to be okay because we went on this five-game winning streak to finish the 2022 season and just missed the playoffs. And, oh, we got a chance. And Joe Barry figured it out. And uh, Adam Sanovich will figure it out. And Brian Gutekinds will figure it out. And we go into this offseason and we and Brian Gutekinst screws up players once again. And this this coaching staff screws up using these guys to the best of their potential again. And we miss out on another Super Bowl opportunity. I think we're going to look back to this moment and be like, wow, had they just lost to the Bears, they finally would have just made a drastic decision that was based as if you actually had an owner that was their money was on the line instead of just this ownership group and having a president and it's just this 
it's ridiculous. It's it's really ridiculous the setup the Packers have, and I think it hurts them so much, and it could really hurt them now because they need drastic things to happen to make a drastic move. And ownerships, and an actual owner doesn't need that. They don't need a drastic thing to happen. They can look at the data and they can still make a decision because they can just make that decision. That's their choice. So the craziest part about all of this is that even though the Packers still unlikely are not going to make the playoffs, their odds of making the playoffs, they did, it did increase over the weekend. We'll talk about by how much, but there's a chance if they actually make the playoffs, they can actually make something happen because there's a mess currently in the NFC. And let's talk about that. This is because some major injuries happened over the weekend. We saw two starting QB seasons end on Sunday. I, I thought end on Sunday. It was, and we have some new news coming out now. Uh, but some, a lot of quarterbacks got hurt. Okay. Tua Tagovailoa suffered an ankle injury at some point in yesterday's game, yesterday's game that forced him to leave the game early, really hampered his play on the field. He had a very down game. Baltimore's Lamar Jackson left yesterday's game early as well with a knee injury, which you're unsure of his timeline for sure yet. And then most notably starting QB Jimmy Garoppolo broke his foot on Sunday and now will be out for the year, making the 49ers really to me a team that cannot sustain success through the playoffs. The, um, and then you're talking about Think about the other teams in the NFC even. So you have the 49ers now without two of their desired starting QBs. I don't think you can trust them whatsoever. You have the Vikings who have went 9-0 and in one-score games this year, which is so unlikely that you can manage to continue to do that over and over again. They aren't as good as their record is. They are a very good team, but they are not perfect. Um, and I think they are totally beatable. The Cowboys, we beat them once. And I know they're still a better team, but... We did beat them. And the Eagles, we only lost two by one score, which that says a lot. I don't know why the Packers play well against these good teams. Like we played pretty darn well against the Bills too. And then the Bucks, we already beat them as well. And then the Commanders and Giants, we lost in one score games too as well. The the playoff teams in the NFC are not invincible by any means. And if somehow the Packers were to make it into the playoffs, if our Packers team stays this healthy where we currently are at and other teams continue to face severe injuries, there is a chance we could actually do something in the playoffs. Not a great chance, but there is a chance. The Packers only shot to make the playoffs is by getting one of the three wildcard spots, most likely the last one. Okay. Actually pretty much only the last one. The two teams near the bottom of the wildcard race right now are the Giants and the Commanders who tied in their game on Sunday, which is a big deal as it keeps them both at seven wins, giving the Packers a better chance to sneak out nine wins and steal a wild card seed from one of those teams have they, if they finish the season with just one win each, which is totally possible. Both of those teams, the Giants and the Commanders, have a very difficult schedule to end the season. The Packers, now because of this win over the Bears, plus the tie between the Giants and the Commanders have increased their playoff chances from 2% all the way up to 4%. <laughs> it's mind-blowing to me. I actually thought it was going to be higher, especially after that tie, and I didn't believe it at first when I saw it, but then I went into the playoff predictor and made everything go the Packers' way, and we still didn't actually make the playoffs in my scenario because we tied with a record of 9-8 and eight with the Seahawks, and the Seahawks had a tiebreaker over us and got the seven seed, which was super disappointing. And I really don't want the season to end like that. And our percentages are slow, so low because we need three teams, the Seahawks, the Commanders, and the Giants. Two of those three teams can only win one more game. 
And that's of five more games left on the schedule. That's going to be hard. The Seahawks play the Panthers, and now the 49ers without Jimmy G, the Rams, the Jets, and the Chiefs. It's really hard to imagine the Seahawks can't win two of those five games. The Commanders and the Giants play each other again. Someone will win that game. The Commanders only have four games left, so that's helpful. But I think if I had to pick one of those two teams, I think they will be the one that comes out with the win in that head-to-head matchup and beat the Giants as they play, get to play them in back-to-back weeks coming off a bye and get to play them at home. So the Commanders have one win there. Then they play the 49ers without Jimmy G again, another game that I didn't think they could win. Now without Jimmy G, that's totally up in the air. And the Cowboys, which yes, they um, they definitely could lose to the Cowboys. That's definitely a game that's losable for them. But then they also play the Browns. And if Deshaun Watson looks like he did this weekend, the Commanders could easily win two games there. Then the Giants, I think, like I said, they'll lose the Commanders. Then they play the Eagles and Vikings, two losses, I think. But their final two games, they have the Colts, not a good team. And then in week 18, so I think they could beat that, win that game. And then in week 18, they play the Eagles. But if they play the Eagles in week 18 and the Eagles win out, the Eagles may not be playing many of their players, which could give the Giants the opportunity to win a game and make the playoffs and get two wins. Each of these three teams are capable and are likely to win two of their few games here, which guarantees the Packers cannot make the playoffs. And that's why the Packers have just a 4% chance of making it there. And really, when you hear of these quarterback injuries, especially an injury like Jimmy G's broken foot or Matthew Stafford's concussion or Trey Lance's ankle season ending surgery, an injury can occur from just one hit. That's it. That could be the season ending moment. And Rodgers is in that same boat. Rodgers could get hit just one time and it could end his season. And if he got an injury like Jimmy G just got or Trey Lance got or Matthew Stafford, you're talking about having no offseason training because you are recovering from a major injury. If that happens, you are basically begging father time to come and get you and you just lose it all because you can't train like you would have and just age comes and gets you at some point. And then Rodgers, think about that. Then you have a Rodgers who can't train over the offseason. He would be forced to stay on the Packers. No one's going to want to trade for him, but he wouldn't be any good. Could you imagine Aaron Rodgers gets sacked, tears his knee up, spends the next year recovering from knee surgery, and we are paying him $50 million to not be playing next season? That would just suck the entire life out of this roster and all hope moving forward. The problem is, the Packers do still have a chance, and a small chance, but a chance. If they have a 4% chance right now, if they beat the Rams, it's crazy how meaningless these games are <laughs> uh, at the current moment. If they beat the Rams, they move up to a 5% chance. That's how insignificant these two games were that were so winnable for the Packers against two of the most injury-riddled teams in the NFL, the Bears and the Rams. Now, if we beat the Dolphins in Miami, which it looks like to his injury is not as serious as I, we had previously thought he will probably be healthy for that game. That'll make things very difficult. If we somehow were to escape with the win in Miami, we'd have a 13% chance of making the playoffs. So still 3-0, and we still only have a 13% chance of making the playoffs. Then if we beat the Vikings at home, we would have a 24% chance, so less than a quarter of, of chance. And then if we beat the Lions at the end of the season, a Lions team that looks very, very good, they just got Jameson Williams back. They scored 40 points on Sunday. The Packers would have a 33% chance of making the playoffs. 
So even if we win out, we have a 33% chance of making the playoffs. Those are not good odds. And the odds that Rodgers takes a hit that could wreck the end of his career at the age of 39 years old is probably just as high knowing he has to put himself at risk for four more games to finish this year out. And if that happens, the Packers will have probably like pick 18 in the draft instead of what could have been if we had lost the rest of these games, we would have been looking at a top five pick in the draft. And I get it. You can't force people to throw a football game. But while Aaron Rodgers didn't do anything special out there this week, Jordan Love could have easily made a few crucial mistakes and lost us that game versus the Bears. And he could have done the same against a scary defense like the Rams in two weeks. And I hope I'm wrong. It would be epic to run the table and somehow make it into the playoffs. That would be super cool. And I'm going to try to enjoy the rest of the season, hoping they could. And you you do have to think about this morally as well. The Packers, unlike almost any other team in the NFL, have the most players on contract for next season. We have 45 players on our roster already. Most of this entire team will be back next year. Offensively, we'll just lose Robert Tunyon, Marseille's Lewis, Elton Jenkins, Josh Nijman. Defensively, we really only lose Jerron Reed and Adrian Amos. Yeah, there's some, there are some very important people we'll be missing, but overall, this is a very similar team we are bringing back next season. If so positively, if, if the Packers can win five in a row to end the season and we don't make the playoffs even, there's a lot to be hopeful for next season. Guys won't want to leave Green Bay or won't want to come back or won't want to uh, or will want to come to Green Bay because of this or that. Um, they will be excited to stay or come in as a free agent and help take this team over the top in 2023. So there is a silver lining morally for this team coming back in 2023 with a huge chip on their shoulder after finishing the season 5-0 to try and make a playoff push. They're red hot with an offseason fix, knowing they have what it takes to come back in 2023 and finish out Rodgers' career on a high note with a chance to win a Super Bowl. So we will be back in about a week the Packers have the bye this week. We won't get much information at all this week except for one interview tomorrow from Brian Gudikins that was scheduled. There's no huge news or anything, but the Packers have the week off to get healthy, and I assume the Packers will have both Romeo, or all three uh, guys, Romeo Dobbs, David Bakhtiari, Darnell Savage, back in two weeks. And honestly, this team will have almost an entirely healthy roster minus just Rashawn Gary and Eric Stokes. And realistically, this is the healthiest you could have asked for our team. And that is a little concerning that we have a record of five and eight and we're probably the healthiest team in the NFL. And like I said before, that's a Brian Gudikins issue. That's a Joe Barry. That's a Matt LaFleur. That's Adam Senovich. That's all coaching. That's all management. Because you, these are the guys you hand selected to to be on your team, you and the and then these are also the, the coaching staff is not having these guys play up to an expectation, and that's a combination of issues for your team. That you, the fact that you are not at this point, and why to me, it's so so frustrating, and why honestly, if I had to choose, I would have had the Packers lose that game to the Bears, and we would have moved on and had an insane off season of change and I would have been very excited for that and that change didn't necessarily mean Aaron Rodgers is gone but it was an option that would be on the table not because I love Aaron Rodgers I think he's gonna be I think if he's healthy next season if he's playing for the Packers he's gonna play at an MVP level I 100% believe that but I think there are so many ways we could have built up this roster this offseason had we lost this game that are probably not going to be on the table now um, because of this win and because of our tiny, tiny percentage chance of 
making the playoffs and I'm just crossing my fingers at this point because I'm not a decision maker that Aaron Rodgers just does not get hurt and have some sort of serious injury that would totally, totally hurt our future. So that's all we have today, folks. If you have not already, make sure to subscribe, give me a review so I can hear what you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now so that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now. Thanks, guys.